Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. All right. Hi, everybody. If you followed me for any appreciable amount of time, I feel like I don't have too many strong opinions on things. I mean, I do on certain topics, but most of the time, I can see both sides of any given issue. But today's topic is something that I feel very strongly about. And today's guest is going to only make me feel stronger and probably you too. We're talking about kids and social media. How much should we be sharing? And essentially, are we doing more damage than good? when we share these, what we perceive to be harmless bits of their lives on TikTok or Instagram, like how good is that really? So let's welcome on Sarah Adams. She is an advocate. She is an opinionated mom, which we are here for. And she hosts the account Mom Uncharted on both TikTok and Instagram, right, Sarah? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. So my God, I mean, I, I came across you, it was someone who had tagged you on an inappropriate kid video and they kind of wanted your thoughts on it. And, and you have very strong thoughts as to whether or not yes, kids should be on social media. Like let her rip baby. I want to hear all of this. Yeah. So I just don't believe uh, social media is the right environment to have our children on. Um, it's not like it was uh, back in the early Facebook days where it literally you were, you were sharing with friends and family. Um, it has advanced. It is scary. Um, and I just don't see it being part of uh, advancing their well-being and their development. I don't see the benefits of exposing our children at early ages on social media. And I just don't think it's a place for kids, right? Like if it was a brick and mortar building, we would never take our kids there. Um, Yet parents are sharing regularly. And um, I just think I want to change the norm. I want to change the norm. What you call out so frequently, which I agree with, is what seems to be fueling this is a parent's deep desire for for fame, for digital fame. Um, The one you posted recently was a woman who shared a video of her kid who had smeared poop on on his or her face. And uh, it was kind of, I guess we would call it like a shaming video. And, you know, I'm trying to go back because, you know, I like to self-check a little bit. I've certainly shared my kids on social media in what I perceive to be funny situations, but I looked at that and was sick to my stomach for this Mm -hmm. child. Sure. Maybe he or she will never see that at some point, but it seemed so denigrating and dehumanizing to put a human who had smeared feces on their body and laugh at it on social media Mm -hmm. and make you, I mean, how do you even find these videos? Um, I get tagged in a lot of videos. Most videos, uh, they're not coming across my feed because I don't follow that content. Um, my feed is really curated towards individuals I follow, topics I'm interested in. Um, you know, hitting that not interested whenever a kid pops up is, you know, a routine of mine. So mainly I come across these videos because they come across other people's feeds and they tag me in them and I go and check them out. Um, sadly, that's not the first time I've seen a video like that. I have seen uh, children literally defecate on um social media and that video is living on some of which goes viral and I don't as as a woman as a mother as an adult I I I struggle to understand even the taking out the camera 
to film this moment, period. Nevertheless, then to think, and now I'm going to hit post publicly. I, I can't relate to that feeling that mm-hmm. some of these parents are having. Yeah, it's so interesting. You become a mom and everybody says, you know, it's the job you're judged the most on. In some ways that's true, but in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways, I actually don't feel very bad for having a strong opinion or judging this type of parenting. And I I feel awful saying that, but of course there are shades of gray here. Uh, You know, we're not going to react strongly in a negative way to someone sharing the kids first steps or, I, I mean, I think there's some gray area in the even sharing of names and personal information. And my kid is the ex kid, the shy kid, or this one is my super social kid. Or I even think there's danger in that. But in the extreme types of videos that you often reference, I think there's no way to be gray about this. Yeah, I mean, it's, certain, it's there's crazy. Certain, there's certain videos where it's a clear, like that should never be public knowledge. That should never be part of a child's digital footprint. I, as a stranger, should never have seen that right mm-hmm. never been privy to that knowledge um but i do agree with you and i have always stated that i don't see sharing as a black and white issue and i think that some people might think that i'm trying to like rid the internet of kids and that's not the case i'm just asking parents to be mindful of what they are posting online as well as the content they are consuming Mm -hmm. And what sorts of reactions do you generally get when you share not only these videos? And I want to be clear, guys, that when she's sharing these, she's blocking out. It's not like you're re-sharing the the problematic content, right? So you're blocking it. What is the most frequent reaction you get when you share these videos and your opinions on them? Videos in um, like the fecal smearing um it is very gut-wrenching hard invasion of privacy outrage parents adults young people often just can't believe that this Mm -hmm. was shared but like that's on my side of the platform right because the other side where that video was you know trending if you go into the comment section it looks very different ha 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 oh my gosh i can relate like that funny things like this, right? Because there are different avenues of all of these social media platforms. So sometimes when I come across a video like that, and I look at the comments, I just can't help but think how somebody finds that appropriate, how somebody finds that funny. And I think the reason is because social media has allowed for like the dehumanization of children. Um, They aren't looking at that child as a human whose actual existence, actual experience is being exploited online for likes and views and comments and hopes of um, going viral, I assume. And that's really hard, right? People are just scrolling and they're not thinking anymore that that's a human being. Mm -hmm. Like, is that really funny? Is that really appropriate to post? I've noticed a lot of influencers that I follow too who got their start sharing pretty innocently about, you know, their first babies, which turned into their second babies and then turned into tips for this and that. And they sort of organically integrate their kids into the content. And it's not exploitative in an outright way, but I often ask myself as a person who has also shared, so guys are not casting judgment. Um, I have my own boundaries on what I share, but I certainly have shared funny videos of my kids. And um, I've noticed them dialing that back, which tells me this conversation yeah. seems to be happening um, behind closed doors. People really questioning the necessity 
to post their kids online. Do you see any move forward in that way or because of just the proliferation of all these different platforms? Is this something you think is going to continue to be an issue? Um, I do think it will continue to be an issue, but I have seen such a change Mm -hmm. since I have hopped on and started talking about these things. And I'm not trying to take credit by any means, but I will take credit for assisting the conversation in moving forward. But there are um, influencers that I had followed for many years that I had stopped following when I had this, you know, revelation, we'll call it, because I did used to follow these people, right? Um, I haven't always held this position. And so when I stopped following them, it was a little sad because, you know, I like their content or their get ready with me or whatnot, but they were using their kids as content and it didn't, it started to feel um, not right to me. And then they stopped showing their kids and then I got to refollow them mm-hmm. and then they started following me. <laughs> and so it's very interesting how um, it really has changed over the last year or two. And I do see more of a move away from uh, kid centered content. Right. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's best to, it's best to come to the discussion, not from a place of judgment, but from a a place of analysis, because it's encouraging to see parents change their approach and change their mind. I'm thinking of someone in particular who's got a massive following the same thing. And she made a point to stop posting her kids Mm -hmm front on sharing names. But at that point, I mean, the toothpaste is out of the tube. We know your kid's name. So I mean, you know, and I have compassion for those parents. I came of age. Listen, my kids are, when they're babies, I had this rule. I would share them pretty freely um, as babies because they're mushy. And then, and they get to like toddler, I stopped generally speaking, sharing too much. Then I thought, my God, I feel like such a hypocrite because I, here I am posting my kid on various social platforms. But seeing people go through a period of realization is is really encouraging because we're kind of learning alongside our kids a lot of the time. Well, this is why I started talking about this. And this is why I call myself mom uncharted because this is uncharted. We don't Mm -hmm. know what we're doing. Um, We're the first uh, parents to raise kids in this digital world. We're the first group of parents to like have our child's digital footprint often start with us showing, you know, our pregnancy tests or our ultrasound, right? This is new. There's no data to go and look at on how this all turns out. We're all navigating this together. And what I wanted to do in talking about these things was just offer a different perspective to it all. I wasn't seeing how I was feeling represented online and I started to think am I am I crazy am I crazy like I can't be the only one who thinks the sharing is getting a little out of hand it's starting to feel very uncomfortable um and I just decided to share my thoughts and opinions Mm -hmm. as well as information and education and try to get parents to reflect as well as find a supportive community who thought along the same lines as me Let's talk about information, research, things that you have found along the way that have supported your opinion sort of statistically. Do you have your hands at anything uh, research-wise or even, um, you know, after I am assuming you've spoken with other people who have a similar sort of point of view, uh, information that supports this point of view? Are we starting even to study at this point the impact that these types of posts can have on on kids at some point? Like it's, it's starting it's starting um, like to talk about the digital footprint and, you know, a parent narrating, you know, a child's life story online, how the images and stories will affect the child moving forward. You know, do you child want their 
friends and their teammates and their classmates and their teachers to know so much about them before they are able to share their life and their experience, right? Some parents are sharing some very intimate details about their children, intimate, you know, trauma, uh, medical diagnoses, um, things like this, that I personally just feel that children should have autonomy over their story, right? As a millennial, we often say, I'm so happy we didn't have social media when I was a kid. I'm so happy my parents didn't have it. I'm so happy we didn't have um, it when we were teenagers and things of this nature. Yet we are a massive violator of our children's privacy online. So there's definitely a little bit of a disconnect. And in regard to research, I often right now look at the teens and the tweens and their mental state as it relates to social media. And it is not good. Mm. It is not good for these kids. So I just can't help but think that if the research is telling us it's not good for our um, tweens and our teens and their mental health has declined at a dramatic rate since the invent of social media, it probably isn't good for our little kids to be building like businesses on this, having their whole life exposed. parents showing four-year-olds like how many views they have and likes and comments and like it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's going to turn out okay yeah I always um look at this from the perspective of my journalism background or my writing career and having studied the art of storytelling and the impact that it can have for me it started and I'm curious where what your turning point was where I started to say my god my job is literally to tell stories for a living I got to come into the world as a fully formed adult before social media and tell the world who I was. My mom didn't come up and said, and if she did, she would have said, Sunny was so shy and withdrawn. They thought she had a learning disability and Mm -hmm. Sunny was chronically unable to to catch a ball. And we thought (laughs) it would have been a version of me that ultimately was not true because I wasn't sharing it. And it makes, it fills me with dread to think, that I could have potentially shared something that would have even pegged my child as the kid who X, Y, Z, even if I thought it were innocuous. So that was my turning point in realizing I got to stop telling my kids stories because I was able to tell my own. I better give them that right. What was your turning point? Um, So to speak, I was never an over sharer. I never had that feeling that I wanted to post my children online. Um, My husband is an exceptionally private person. And being with him for over the decade we've been together has taught me the power of privacy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just believe that it is a right of our children. Some might say it's a gift we can give our children in the digital world. But I look at it as a fundamental human right, you know, Mm -hmm. privacy, informed consent, digital safety. And so my I never had that personal turning point. Um, When my first child was born, I did post, you know, the quintessential announcement, I think with his little hands or his feet or something like that. And that was it. And after that, I think I did maybe like two or three photos over the course of his first year, but not necessarily because like, I wanted to because I felt like I almost had to that like, this is what you do. If you're a mom in the digital world on Instagram, this is what you do. I need to do this. I need to show off or say something. Right. Um, And then after a year, I was just like, I just don't want them. I don't want him here. I don't want him in this world. So I removed him. 
Um, and is then it, my second child, I don't think has ever been on. Social yeah. Media. Is, is it too late to kind of turn back the clock and, and for parents who are second guessing the level of information they've shared? And I know the internet remembers everything. So yeah. bearing that in mind, um, how would you encourage or talk to a parent who may be coming around to this point of view and saying, oh my God, Sarah, but like, honestly, what do I do now? Well, I think the best thing, you know, it is out there and we can't change our past mistakes. We can only move forward with a different approach, knowing what we know now, right? And my first suggestion would be, you know, stop sharing, moving forward mm -hmm. and remove what makes you feel uncomfortable from your past. But I don't feel that individuals need to feel guilty about their past sharing necessarily because again this is all new we're navigating this together like it wasn't until the past year or so that I've really seen these types of conversations pick up online or even hit the mainstream media right like this is relatively new people thinking about this is relatively new so I don't want parents to feel guilty for their past um, I want them to be educated in what is happening now, the reasons why they should prioritize their children's privacy and move forward differently. What questions would you encourage a parent to consider to run through their mind before they hit post on something? And regardless of what the piece of content is, if it involves their kids, what are some good markers we can kind of throw up and say, okay, wait, should I really hit post? I think one of the biggest things is just why. Why do I feel the need to share this? Whether it's privately or publicly, like that need is coming from you. It's not coming from your mm. child. They're not encouraging you to share that. So why is this like pertinent information that fellow family members need to hear? Is this a really special magical moment that I would like to share with my friends or family? Um, really think of the why you're sharing. Are you sharing because you feel like you need something for your feed? Hmm. Are you sharing because you saw someone share something similar? Are you sharing private versus public? The why is a big one. And obviously, things that are not safe to share online, you know, like naked, semi-naked children, potty time, bath time, uh, limited clothing, things of that nature is that we know for a fact predators are searching for those types of images and videos should just never be shared online. Sarah, I completely stopped in my path and my jaw dropped open when I saw the video you shared the other day of the 13 year old girl mm. showering outside in what I presume mm. was a bathing suit of some sort, two slow Two-piece. motion and music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a 13 year old girl, like on what planet? This is where I lose the compassion because that's just dumb. Yes. Um, it's, it's absolutely terrifying what parents are doing to their children online, specifically the mothers of young girls in the dance, gymnast, cheer, model community. The exploitation of those young girls is at epidemic levels and the parents know what they're doing and I am with you I do not have um, compassion for that I am up to here with that and I am sharing and shouting from the rooftops in hopes that society can wake up 
rise up and shut this down. Because if parents aren't going to protect their own children, then society needs to step in and say, this is not right. Things need to change. Have you heard back from any of the parents who have been associated with these accounts? And I should also mention that what Sarah's talking about, guys, are often these accounts that are called mommy ran accounts, which don't even get me started on the bad grammar. It should be mommy run. That's okay. (laughs) That's not the problem. Um, So these are accounts presumably run by the parents on behalf of their children. So that's, I I believe you said this was a mommy run account as well. Yes, yes, yes. Most of them say like managed by mom. I would say like 90% say managed by mom. That's why I refer to them as Mm -hmm. um, mommy ran accounts. But sometimes I use, if it's not uh, in the descriptor, I will use parent, but it's often the moms. And the answer is no. Um, they have not reached out to me. I know they talk about me. I know they have like a page where they go and, you know, they like to report my videos and discuss my content and things like that, but they haven't reached out to me personally. And I think um, the main reason is that they are incapable of justifying their behavior. Um, What could they potentially say to me? They could say, stop talking about me. But again, I don't share names. I'm not a call out creator. I'm not trying to attack one specific account, even though there are a few accounts that regularly um, exploit their children in some pretty grotesque ways. I'm not trying to call out a specific account. I'm calling out the whole thing, right? I don't, I don't want to shut one down. I want all of them. Mm-hmm. gone. I want to protect all the young girls because one day these girls will grow up to young women and they will realize what was done to them and they will realize they were exploited at the hands of their own parents and there will most likely be some trauma associated with that. It's really unimaginable like to think yeah. it's difficult enough to grow up as a woman or a girl into a woman and you add social media and then you add the extra element of being exploited in this way. Your heart breaks for these for these kids, it seems like the, the deck is stacked against them in every way. I wonder if you were ever privy to any of seeing any of those discussions online when these moms who are running these accounts sort of bring your name up. And I would imagine they feel challenged, rightfully so, and by your opinion and your stance on things. Is there any justification, you know, in order to kind of play devil's advocate here? Like, what are you hearing that these parents are saying to explain why they're sharing the type of content they're sharing? I haven't heard any um, explanation or justification. Um, it is that they can exploit their young girls and receive money. They can sell pictures and images of their children and receive money. Wait, they're selling pictures? Yes. Sarah, what? I thought that this was just, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm ignorant. I, I thought it was um, sort of sharing in order to get more followers and just kind of the, the notoriety. So there's, like, there's like tears. tears to the level of exploitation of um, specifically young girls on social media being done by their parents. One tier is just, you know, they have an account that is based uh, mainly in like limited clothing and like dancing. And, you know, I'm sure you've come across accounts like that. Then there are accounts that take it a step farther um, that sell images on private websites of their children. Um, I have seen accounts sell magazines feature solely their children. And one feature that I am talking about and continue to talk about because I think it needs to be removed is the subscription button from Instagram on the accounts of minors. No adult 
should be able to subscribe to exclusive content of a minor. Um, the platform needs to deal with this because right now there are predators who are able to subscribe and pay a monthly fee to see more images and have more contact to little girls. I have a really hard time understanding how that's possible. I mean, you can't get a breastfeeding picture on Instagram without being flagged and pulled down. You know, it's like, it, not that I'm saying, you know, an opinion on yep. that either way, but you know, a relatively innocuous, just kind of a picture. And you're telling me that it's possible for someone to subscribe to content featuring underage girls is yep. shocking to me. Have you ever yep. reached out to anyone associated with any of these platforms or have any connections to them or is there have any you sort of... have you ever tried to reach out to instagram you know i wonder though if if you're just the perfect person sarah though for a really smart congressperson to go and talk with to partner up with and to utilize their connections to actually make a change here if i were in charge i i would be like listen someone needs to speak to someone like this who's shedding light on this issue and make some motion toward that. Is that the ultimate goal is to be able to partner and get some legislation through or like what, what's your dream scenario? I think, I think, um, well, my dream scenario first off was just trying to get parents to reflect on mm -hmm. their sharing practices online and, um, normalize not sharing your kids, right? Like rewrite this whole movement. So our children are protected and their futures are protected. Um, and, I didn't know about this really. Like it wasn't until I started talking about these things and learning a little more about like family vloggers and then, oh, one has a kid that does dance and you click on that and boom, it just exploded, right? But right now I think an actionable item to deal with would be getting Instagram meta to wake up and realize this is happening and that they are allowing people to subscribe to content of minors and what is happening behind a paywall who knows right like um it's just really scary and it's really terrifying and i just don't think it's appropriate for any minor mm -hmm. to have the subscribe button um on the platform is there anything that's come out that's made you feel more optimistic, whether that be, I, I do recall seeing, um, and maybe it was on your story, someone else I follow sharing um, a bill. Um, oh, yeah, HB 1627. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so there is a bill out of Washington State that okay. is currently being put forth um, that protects um, the money that minors who are uh, from the families of influencers and vloggers and that is currently trying to get a moment on the uh, trying to get a hearing the deadline for that is february 17th so we have asked our communities to if they are washington state residents to go to that bill which is in my link tree on instagram and write a comment saying this is important and this does uh, deserve a hearing so that's the first piece of legislation put forth that would protect give some protections to the children of influencers and bloggers it's so it's it's happening at such a rapid rate sort of the development of all these new platforms and you know mm -hmm. combining that with parents who are trying to somehow monetize and i do think good intentions cross over with bad practice sometimes but it's getting to the point now where if there isn't some legislation involved i feel like we could be careening toward a, a really um destructive future i just 
how these kids are going to turn out, like you said, in another five to 10 years, especially the accounts where they're being exploited Exploited in a very direct way. It just, it makes me very upset. I I feel it's, um, it's hard because so in my opinion, what is happening to this little girls is since we as society have put forth that the most important thing is online popularity. um, The most important thing is attention. The most important thing is likes and views and followers um, that they think this is cool. They think because they are eight, 10, 13, that having big followers and getting their picture taken and going to, you know, in my opinion, questionable photographers and having more photos taken and having this attention online, it's cool to them. It's popular. They're influencers and things like that, but they don't recognize who is feeding this, who is funding this, who is liking this because they are children. They do not know the magnitude of what social media is. And I'm sure the parents are not sharing the analytics, which say, oh, honey, Look, 80% of your following is male, right? Is is that what you're finding too? I know you're able to scroll through the followers on Instagram. You can see who's following some of these Mm -hmm. accounts. I feel like you shared something really interesting about the demographics of the followers of a lot of these Yeah, so I have a lot. I have a great community, a very uh, supportive community, many who are very well connected in the influencing and marketing realm. Um, who work for organizations who are able to send me the real authentic analytics on these accounts. Um, so I have seen the analytics on these accounts. You know, I didn't buy them off some sketchy, maybe in the early days of me doing this, I bought them off like a sketchy website. But now I go directly to the source of major marketing firms that work for influencers and with influencers and ask my friends to provide me with the analytics. And so I can guarantee their reputable, real analytics. Is there any um, desire on the part of some of those companies? I know these companies who represent influencers often benefit from the sort of shady gray area of some of these um, images and media that are going out because the more profitable their influencers are in the network, presumably the more they're able to work with the agency, et cetera. So I wonder if there's any desire within those agencies who are representing them to make some forward motion in eliminating this, or is it not at that stage yet? Um, I'm not sure in regard to like the mummy ran accounts. um, I see most of those people working with like a select few random sponsors and stuff like that like not big ones you know dancewear leotard water bottle random instagram or amazon toys and stuff like that they're not being caught by like the big companies as of yet it really shocks me i we're tied into the dance world down here through my daughter and um you begin to become aware, you know, you follow retailers online who sell things you might need, leotards, accessories, et cetera. And you even start to see the way that those outfits are advertised and you, you're like, oh, wait, this actually feels kind of dirty. Like yeah. even even the, the subtle ways that we're marketed to online and the way kids' images are used. I feel like that's probably a whole subset, the performance girls, the gymnasts, the dancers, all of that. And I certainly have noticed that online too, because my daughter is really drawn to watching gymnastics videos and there are just a 
great number of accounts that you can follow yeah. for these really talented gymnasts. And then I start thinking, oh my God, should I be letting, it is nothing bad or sexual, but it's just the yeah. fact that we're watching a whatever 12 year old do body contortion and flipping around. And I'm like, wait, do we need to, obviously yeah. she's not looking at it, but like, Sarah, what, what do we do? Um, I don't. Okay. So personally, like people might think this is a pretty hard line for me, but I believe that if the social media platforms have decided that 13 is the age that they are allowed to be there, which is questionable because the U.S. Surgeon General just stated last week that he believes 13 is too young to be on social media platforms in regard to the research that is coming out and things like that. So, but I digress. So the platform say 13 is when kids are allowed on. I believe that any account that is solely based around a child under the age of 13 should just be removed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the kids, a kid doesn't need an Instagram account. A kid doesn't need hundreds of thousands of followers. A kid doesn't need predatory eyes on their image, right? Like until there is legislation to protect these children, um, that is my personal belief, right? Because none of these kids have any protection under law for their privacy, for their labor, for their um, money earned, anything like that. And that might deviate from what you were talking about in regard to like a random gymnastics account or something like that. But I personally just think it's strange to kind of like watch other people's, like I'm a stranger yeah. watching other people's kids. Like it just feels a little strange to me. It, I, I know what you mean. Right? You feel, uh, yes. You, and I have moments where I'm like, well, uh, you know, their parent let them put their gymnastics meet yeah. or whatever up on YouTube. So it like, can't be that bad. But then I think what I want my daughter to be, no, but she's obviously watching it to see what tricks they're doing. And anyway, yeah, it's just yeah. such a sticky, sticky web of like, and I do recognize that I was I was a gymnast and dance in my early days too. Like I get I you know I would probably want to be watching other people flip and twist as well. Um, but there is just a portion of that community that has taken it way too far. And right. um, sometimes if a segment of a community is ruining it for the whole community, well, the whole community is going to be affected because you have to protect the people who are, you know, being exploited in this regard. So in your ideal world, what sort of restrictions would be in place, not only on YouTube, but also Instagram? What are some basic rules in your ideal world? And again, based on the the yeah. information and stats that you've seen that relate to the dark side of this, what does the perfect online world look like to protect kids? Um, well, I think um, parents going private would be my number one thing. Um, more parents going private. I see so many people posting publicly for I'm not exactly sure what reason. Um, but private is the best way to protect your children online, it, as well as knowing your followers list. Like, it's not really private if you still have 1300 followers. So yeah. that would be one more parents going private, um, removing the subscription button from minors for me removing accounts that solely feature children under the age of 13 who cannot consent to their image mm -hmm. um, being used online and their privacy being violated. And I think now with what we know in regard to the teens, what the U.S. Surgeon General is saying, what I have seen, I do think 13 is too young to be 
on social media. Um, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean like a 13 year old can't, you know, be informed of it, start like be educated about it, be included in their parents and things like that. But to have children have their own accounts, that they are in their rooms doing their own thing. It's just too scary. It's too dangerous. And um, their mental health is suffering. So I think uh, for me as a parent of younger children, we need to start transitioning people to social media when they're 16, right? Mm -hmm. We need to rally in communities, um, you know, with your soccer team, with your kids' classmates, and all the parents need to say, hey, we're in this together. We're all going to commit to not giving our children access to social media until they are, you know, 15 or 16. And if all the kids around you are in the same boat, then you have like some collective action, you have some support, right? And I think that's what is needed right now. Yeah, I'm a big fan of wait until eighth that account on Instagram. I love that. They do. And they've really managed to convince me in addition to some really fantastic people that I've interviewed and, um, Half the story was another account. It's a nonprofit, but it's all based on the impact of social media on kids' mental health. And they investigate in you know, various ways how that changes things. And that was another sort of convincing moment for me. It is hard, though, because you talk to other parents and everybody has such a distinct approach on this. It becomes difficult to hold strong. But that is my goal is to like wait until high school. Yep. And I'm hoping that we can get there without feeling that tremendous pressure. But it's... Yep. It's definitely there. It's what is, definitely. Yeah, there. it definitely is. It's crazy. I mean, I, I see more. And again, I feel like I keep saying this. This is not a judgment call. I feel like I see so many 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds with phones. Now, phones, not like calling watches or with mm-hmm. devices. And I'm like, wait, maybe I'm behind the ball here. But then yeah. I have to remind myself. <laughs> yeah. It's not our choice. That can be their choice. But Yeah. Um, what does a day look like for you, Sarah, when you're, um, I know you're very active and you're just blowing up on Instagram and you have been on TikTok as well. So your platform is growing, which is something that, um, I'm really excited for you about because I feel like your message is very strong and necessary. So what does a day look like for you now, as far as getting this message advanced? Um, my days look like relatively the same. Like I'm a stay at home mom. My uh, husband's an entrepreneur. So we have other, like I have other um, businesses and administration things that I help him with. And I only do my TikToks and my meetings and stuff when my kids are out of the house. Cause another element of this is like, I don't want them seeing me invested and talking about this. So I try and um, on the days that they are out of the house, I try and do as many podcasts as I can. I try and take as many interviews as I can. I try and batch my content. So on the weekends, when my children are here, I can put down my phone and be fully present and have things automatically post and things like that. So I just try and do as much as I can to continue to spread the message. I do have some other things in the background in regard to like advocacy work, hopefully like, you know, kind of legislation, like um, pledges and things like that. But um, overall, like I'm still basically like a typical stay at home mom, laundry, (laughs) grocery shopping, chores, all of that. I love it. Like changing the world while also fitting in the raising of kids. Yes, exactly. Well, this is just, um, 
I feel like a conversation that not only needs to be had, but we need to start doing some personal reflection on ourselves. So as we go forward and as parents continue to not only keep an eye on their kids' accounts, but also use their own platforms, um, just give us some quick pointers before we wrap up, Sarah, things that we should keep in mind to make sure that we're raising kids who aren't being exploited, who are not necessarily, you know, you have to completely exclude them from everything you post, but how we can respect that healthy boundary between sharing well and raising a good human. Yeah. Um, so to speak freely, personally, I choose not to share privately or publicly. That works for me. And that is what I would recommend to mm. other people. But I recognize that doesn't work for everybody. And that's okay. So if you do feel like you need to share with friends and family, always share privately, um, know who is following you. And um, don't allow your children unlimited access to these platforms really understand what your kids are getting involved in, understand how TikTok works, how Instagram works, set screen limits, don't allow them to have their phone in their rooms. Um, it's just, uh, it's too scary out there and too many things are happening for us to allow our children unrestricted access to the internet and social media if you have a child who has access to a smartphone. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, is there anything else we missed, Sarah? Like, I feel like, you know, you do, you keep track of so many things that are happening in the online space. If there's any particularly poignant story or shocking thing you wanted to share before we go, you have your finger on the pulse of this, but please do. I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, just keep looking for Mom Uncharted. I'm doing a lot of uh articles right now that are about to come out with some really reputable sources. If you go to my link tree, you'll see uh, past articles I have done with, you know, CNN, Bloomberg, Newsweek, BuzzFeed, all of that is in there. And right now for Washington State residents, if you can go to the link tree, click on the bill, leave a comment saying that this bill is important because if one piece of legislation can get a hearing, that might start the ball rolling for other states and for federal protections in America um, for these kids. Sarah, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I appreciate it too. Thanks so much for allowing me to uh, spread awareness and spread the message. Absolutely. Guys, please do follow Sarah at mom.uncharted on Instagram. Um, I, I, I cannot recommend you follow this topic in general enough as well, even though it can cause a little bit of discomfort. And it certainly has in me to sort of reflect on the decisions that I've made as a parent in the past. Um, I think it's very necessary if we're raising kids in the age of technology to really be respectful of their individual rights as the little humans that they are. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I. A-B-A-T-T-A. -T -T All of the latest blog posts are at wegotatalk.com slash blog. 